Monday was Memorial Day, and most people regard Memorial Day as sort of the official start of summer. Now, uh, I think if you were going to look at the astronomical tables or whatever it is, I don't think summer officially starts till the, the latter part of June, maybe the 21st or 22nd, whenever the, uh, what is it, the summer solstice is, I think, or is it the equinox? Solstice, I think. Anyway, you get my point. Uh, Memorial Day is sort of considered the start of summer. And of course, when we think of summer, there are several associated concepts that go along with that. Summer, time for vacation. Summer, time to have fun. Summer, time for recreation, right? I mean, that's pretty common. We all think along those lines. And so, for a few minutes tonight, we want to think about that. We want to ask some questions about recreation, the kind of things that all of us hope to get involved in in the summer months. Do you see in the word recreation, recreation, recreate, or break it down further, recreate? That is the very idea of recreation. It's sort of a renewal, something we, we might use the expression in our day and time, it, it's a, to recharge your batteries, to, to, to sort of be refreshed, to, to rest and build up your strength to tackle all your chores and responsibilities again. Uh, when you think of that, recreation, uh, recreate, renew, that's all good. I, I, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, that is a needed thing uh, and it's worthwhile uh, and I hope that you all have some time to recreate this summer and have some time for fun and rest and, and uh, so forth. But having said that, you know where I'm heading. I, I suspect you can predict my approach to this already. While we want to do that, while we look forward to a time of recreation, we have to do it within the guidelines that would be set forth in the Word of God for His children. And so as we start summer... We want to think carefully about the kind of recreation that we'll be engaged in. We want to look at it from a biblical point of view for just a few minutes tonight. Stop right here to say thank you for being present on this beautiful summer-like Sunday. You have chosen to come back on Sunday evening for another period of worship and, and to, to praise God and to study together and to be an encouragement to one another. We commend you for that. Thank you very much that you are interested in doing that on this Sunday evening. We appreciate you and we take great encouragement from your presence. We have visitors tonight as we typically do and we're glad that you've come. We want you to know that. Please stay around for a few minutes afterwards so we can have a time to to meet you more uh, on a personal level. Uh, come back whenever you can and ask any questions you have about what we're doing here at College View. All right, let's ask some questions about the recreation that we hope to be involved in uh, during these summer months. First question, obviously the most basic one, is it right? Whatever I'm thinking about doing, can I say without doubt that it is a good thing, a right thing, a proper thing for a Christian to be involved in? Now, we can't judge this based upon what the world thinks or does because when it, in, the, in the world's estimation, anything goes and whatever it takes, they will do. The world allows uh, uh, really... Uh, everything, anything, uh, th- there's no exceptions in the world's view as to what you might do when it comes to recreation. For us, of course, 
It has to be what is God's view of this. Is it right from God's vantage point? And in regards to recreation, how does this affect our relationship with Him? We want to maintain a, a right relationship with our Father in Heaven. Is there anything about this that I'm thinking to do on vacation or by way of recreation that would be wrong in His sight, by His estimation? Not by my own feelings, not by my own feelings, not by my likes or dislikes. You know what? Sometimes when people get engaged in a discussion along these lines, they might start to say, well, it, it, it just seems to me, or I think that it would be okay. No, we want to be sure of this from our standard, which has to be the Word of God. In John chapter 12, verse 48, Jesus said, The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. There's our standard for determination. Is it right based upon the Word of God? Now, we could talk more and more about that, but hopefully you agree with me that that's a very obvious starting place. If anything about this activity that I'm anticipating to become involved in would violate that concept of basic right and wrong, this, as the as you might say, would be a no-brainer. This is a no-brainer. Don't do it if it's not right, and you can't feel 100% confident that it is right, you're doing of it is the right thing. Don't do it. But for those of us who are really concerned about our relationship with the Father and with one another, there are other questions to ask as well. We should ask the question, will this hurt my influence? Now, not only is it right, you know, technically correct to do it, but even if it is right to do it, would in the doing of it, in some way or another, I might be able, I might possibly damage my influence. This really has to be a top priority for all of us because we do want to influence others to be right with God. Uh, and if this recreation that I'm considering interferes with that, then I should forego it. I should not do it if it has the potential to hurt my influence. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 7, Jesus said, Woe unto the world because of offenses, for it must needs be that offenses come, but woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. Do you, do you get what Jesus is saying there? It's just inevitable that there are going to be things that will be hurtful to people, that, that may derail them spiritually, offend them in some way, and hurt them uh, in, in a critical manner. Jesus said, that's going to happen. But he says, don't be the one, basically he's saying, don't be the one who causes that offense. Offenses are going to come, but woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. We don't want to be the one who through our influence or example did something that turned out to be harmful to someone else. Whether we realize it or not, people are looking to us to get a sense of what we think is right and how we ought to act. Now, you know, if, if people were to ask us, probably most of us would humbly say, please don't use me as an example. You know, look elsewhere. But they're not asking. They're doing it without asking. They're looking to you to see what kind of an example you're setting. And you, you do have an influence. You have an influence over your neighbors. You have, a, you have an influence over those people that you work with on the job. Uh, most critically, I think, you have an influence with your family. You have an influence with your extended family, but you especially have a, an influence over the family that lives under the same roof with you. And here I especially want to challenge you who are parents with your children. Do not compromise with them uh, when it comes to recreational things, well, we're going on vacation. You know, it's vacation. It's understood. It's vacation. 
And so we're going to hit the road this weekend. And if we make it to church services Sunday morning, we'll be lucky. We're not going to worry about Sunday night. And Wednesday night, we'll be right in the middle of all the activities that we have planned for the week. So we're just going to not even think about trying to make Wednesday night Bible study. Do you know what happens when you do that? You give the very strongest message to your children that, yes, going to church is usually important, but it can be compromised sometimes. Sometimes you can put that on the back burner. And I just really want to encourage you as parents not to give that sort of impression to your children. Don't let them see that spirit of compromise. That's, that could cause the offense that Jesus is warning about right there. And you don't want that to happen. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, in the text that Caleb read for us earlier, the Apostle Paul was talking about the matter of eating meats offered to idols. So that was the context of that. Please understand that was the context of these statements. But I think we can make application. He says, Whatsoever is sold in the shambles, that eat asking no questions for conscience sake. Now, understand in Corinth, there were a lot of pagan temples in the city of Corinth. They made sacrifices at those temples. But then they would take the meat that had been offered in, in sacrifice at those temples and they'd take it out and sell it in the marketplaces. That's what he's referring to as the shambles. So out in the common marketplaces, they would sell this meat, some of it having been used as sacrifices to idols. Paul says here, don't ask questions. If someone offers you something to eat, you don't have to ask any question about that. Just eat it. He says, if any of them that believe not bid you to a feast and you be disposed to go, whatsoever is set before you eat, asking no question for conscience sake. But, he says, if a man say to you, this, this meat I'm putting before you, this is offered in sacrifice unto idols, eat not for his sake that showed it and for the conscience sake, for the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Conscience, I say, not thine own, but of the other. Paul was basically saying there's nothing wrong with eating that meat that's been offered to idols. You don't have to worry about that. And if someone gives you something to eat, just eat it. Don't even ask where it came from. You can do it. It's not a problem. But if someone tries to make a point of it, and if someone says, you know that meat that you're just fixing to eat? That was meat that was offered to an idol. Paul says, don't eat it. Why? Well, he already said it was okay to eat it, that, that you know there wasn't any moral issue with eating it. Why did Paul say not eat it? For the sake of the other. In other words, you don't do anything that would have the potential to offend their conscience. And so he's setting forth a principle here that I think has broad application and concerning this questions about recreation, these questions that we're asking, we're saying, as I'm considering my activities, will it hurt my influence? And if it does, and if it has any chance of harming the conscience of someone else, then I ought to be willing to forego my liberties for their well-being. Someone says, well, I just think I should be able to do what I want to do. Well, Paul says, don't do it. If it has any potential at all to harm the conscience of someone else, maybe send them in a wrong direction or down a wrong track. Parents, you need to think about that with your kids. All of us need to think about it in reference to our example before other Christians, you know. Uh, I don't have any kids at my house right now, you know. And so there aren't any young ones who are going to be watching me. No, that's not right. There are young ones who, who are going to be watching me. I told you the story. I'll repeat it here. Uh, this was last, almost a year ago, back in August, when Cindy and I went off on a, on a vacation trip down the Natchez Trace. We took our little camper and we were camping our way down the Natchez Trace. And Micah said, and Micah was only two years old at the time, and Micah said, 
Papa didn't go to church today. He went camping. Well, we had, we had to correct him about that and say we certainly, most certainly did go to church. It's not here. But you get the idea. There's a two-year-old who was watching what Papa was doing, right? These kids are watching. If you don't have kids at your house, there's still kids watching you. Uh, they're precious souls who are learning from your example. Guard that example and influence. And so when it comes to these matters of recreation, if someone did know I went off camping, and didn't go to church at an appointed time, I'm saying something to them. If someone knew that I didn't go because I was engaged in some other recreational pursuit to go to a ball game or whatever, people are seeing that. People know that. I need to make sure my influence is not being harmed, okay? Another question. Can I afford it? Somebody said, well, that's really none of your business. It's my, my money is my money, and whether I can afford this vacation or not is none of your business. Well, maybe. And to an extent, I understand that reaction to this question. But you need to be asking yourself, can I afford this? Of course, the first thing that comes to mind is, can I afford this in terms of, of the actual money that's being spent? And, you know, these vacations have gotten pretty expensive. It doesn't, it, it doesn't take anything to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on, on a, a fairly modest vacation by worldly standards. You can spend a whole lot of money if you're not careful. And you need to ask the question, can I afford it? Because if we allow ourselves to become depleted in resources, then we're not able to do with our money some other things that need to be higher in priority. You know, of course, that I'm going to talk about making our contributions to the Lord. 1 Corinthians 16:2. upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him and store as God has prospered him. That's my duty, my responsibility as a Christian. I'm not excused from that because I overspent on my vacation. I can't, I can't say, well, I want to spend this money on vacation. When I come back, I, I just don't have any money to give. Think about that. That can't be right, can it? I mean, that, that can't be right for me to spend money for my own pleasures and desires and then not have money to give as I should be giving to the Lord's cause. Do you see the, the very definite message you're you're giving to the lord lord i come first my vacation more important than you are my vacation more important than your work is i don't know about you but i certainly don't want to be the one who's saying that to the father in heaven that i served myself before i served him and so money is a consideration and you got to think about that can i afford this do i literally have enough finances in place to be able to do this recreation, go on this camping trip, take this golf trip, do whatever it is that I'm thinking about doing, uh, do I have the money to do it and still be able to do the other things that I'm already committed to, right? Our commitment to God came before our commitment to take that vacation trip. It's not just money. Although that's the thing. we When I, when I ask the question, can you afford it, the first thing that comes to mind is, monetarily but that's not the only expense of a vacation there's the expense of time and energy to make a vacation trip i don't know how many of you have said and i myself have said you come back from a vacation oh man i had to come over for a vacation to rest up a little bit you know because we put so much energy into our vacation that's good that's fine i'm, I'm not i'm not opposing that at all but i am saying you got to measure whether you have the time and energy to invest in ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 beginning it says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. 
That's the King James rendering that, uh, where it uses the expression redeeming the time. The New American Standard Version says, Therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. From these statements, we would clearly understand that God considers us to be stewards not only of our money, but also of our time and energy. And if we allow ourselves to get continually so tapped out in time and energy that we don't have any left for our service to God, that's a mistake too. And so uh, it, I intend that to be a bigger, broader question, can I afford it? That, the, there, there are a lot of things to take into consideration uh, at that level. Another question. I hope that you would agree that these are all appropriate questions that I as a Christian should ask myself in regards to things that I might be planning to do this summer by way of recreation. Does this thing that I'm thinking about, does it conflict with my duty as a Christian? This overlaps with some of the things that we've already mentioned, but there are some things that you regularly need to be involved in. If you're a Christian, you need to be, for instance, uh, studying regularly, praying frequently. Uh, You need to be attending services faithfully. You need to be trying to teach other people as opportunity avails itself. You certainly need to be maintaining moral purity. You need to be maintaining modesty in dress and conduct. Just a whole lot of things that we could put on the list of my duties as a Christian. Now, what I'm planning to do here for recreation, does it interfere with any of that? And it would be very simple to say, if it does then don't. If it does interfere with any of my duties as a Christian, then don't do that. The verse we always reference, of course, is Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Jesus had in mind there when He said all these things shall be added to you, He was talking about basic necessities of life, right? Seek kingdom of God first, and all these basic necessities of life will be provided. We're so far past concerns for the basic necessities of life, you know, we're not worried about the basic necessities of life being that we're worried about whether we can go on vacation or not. We're wondering how nice a vacation that we can take or how long we can stay at that resort destination. And so we're way past what Jesus was talking about contextually, but the principle certainly then applies seek the kingdom of God first. It ought to be way more important than some vacation that I might be considering taking. So, When you think about that rather thorough list of things that I have as a duty, these are my duties, I'm a Christian. And really that has to be how I define myself. The the most important definition of me is I'm a Christian. And as as a Christian, I have a a number of associated duties. Is anything going to interfere with those duties? Whatever it is that does, I need to forego those things. And then one last question. Does it bring me into situations that could potentially weaken me as a Christian? Uh, we've been talking about our concerns, so, sort of outward concerns. My influence, how, do I, how does this impact others? My, my affordability, is it going to keep me from contributing money, time, energy? Uh, does it keep me from doing some things as a Christian I should be doing? But here's one that really you have to internalize. In all honesty, as I evaluate this, 
is it going to put me in a position that has the potential to weaken me as a Christian? Now, right here, you've got to be careful about deceiving yourself in the answer to that question. Uh, the Scriptures warn us about being self-deceived. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good morals. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33. Notice Paul warns about being deceived. You can let yourself be deceived in the considerations you make and the, and, and the questions you ask yourself and the answers you give yourself. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13, it says, Exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Uh, what, what I'm warning you about here is the, the need for real honesty in personal evaluation. Uh, it, I, I think, especially when it comes to something that we really want to do, you know, I really want to make this vacation trip. I really want to go on this camping trip. I, want, I really want to play golf on this beautiful day. Uh, uh, the fish are biting at the lake. They tell me they're just tearing it up. And I've got to be there to catch me some. You know, I, think, I really think it would be okay today. You know, I, I think I can do that. Uh, uh, you know, I won't be missed. No one will notice that I'm gone. What am I doing there? I'm engaging in self-deception. And then I'm allowing myself to be put into situations that potentially weaken me rather than strengthen me as a Christian. My, my real objective would be to get stronger every day, every month, every year. I want to be growing as a Christian, getting stronger. But I have seen, and I don't doubt that you have seen too, people get involved in certain hobbies and pastimes and recreations that take them away from uh, their spiritual development in a negative way, they are growing weaker rather than stronger. Uh, that's not what we want at all. We, as we said at the outside, outset, there's, there's certainly good that, and it's needed, it's worthwhile, it's valuable to recreate ourselves, to renew ourselves, to engage in recreation. That's not bad at all. There's a, certainly a positive upside to that. But it's not good if we allow it to be a thing that weakens us spiritually. I've known in the past of people who got so involved in some hobby or pastime that they just almost became consumed with it. And maybe in the past they'd been pretty active in the church, trying to do as much as they could, but they got so involved in this, this or that that you could, you could actually observe them weakening spiritually. And we don't want to do that. So whatever it is that you're thinking about doing, whatever you may get involved in, in form of recreation, don't let that be the kind of thing uh, that weakens you as a Christian. It's just, it's certainly not worth it. And I think all of us understand that, and that, that's a pretty uh, obvious thing to comment about. All right, five questions. Summer is upon us. You're going to be making some decisions about recreation, about... And, and I, I've, I've sort of maybe overemphasized the idea of a vacation trip of some kind or another. Maybe it's something that you do on a regular basis, you know. Uh, you get involved in a softball league or, uh, you know, uh, get overdone with hiking. Uh, I mean, you, the list of p potential recreational pursuits is as long as you want it to be. But any of those things can be good or can be bad. Uh, based upon some of the considerations that we've offered tonight. What a time we live in.
You know, our, our forefathers didn't have to worry about what we're talking about tonight. They didn't have any time for recreation. They worked from sun up to sundown every day and worked hard just to provide enough for tomorrow. Again, we're far removed from that. And we've been blessed so amazingly, abundantly, uh, that we have to spend time thinking about how to spend our leisure time and how to spend it right. Uh, and so we've been blessed, but don't... Uh, as someone said, don't allow yourselves to drown in that tub of butter. <laughs> You're in a tub of butter. Don't let it drown you. Uh, be careful. Uh, make right decisions. Appreciate your good attention to what we've had to say tonight. As we always do when we bring a lesson to close, we sing a song of invitation, asking everyone to think about your standing with God at this moment in time. Are you a Christian yet? Have you obeyed that simple gospel plan of salvation? Hear, believe, repent, confess, be baptized. Uh, if you're ready to make that commitment, we're certainly ready to assist you in your obedience, or we will be glad to sit down with you at any time you want to study more thoroughly about God's plan for your life and what you must do to be saved. If you're a Christian but you've fallen away, we urge you to come back in repentance, confession, and prayer. If we can help, let us know while we stand and sing.